This is the Adam Crowley Show. I mean, I cannot believe the kind of nonsense that I am hearing right now. On ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Twitter poll at underscore Adam Crowley. If you dress up your dog, you a douche? Or is that normal AF? Braden tweets, I feel like instead of the clothes on dog question, maybe you guys should have worn clothes yesterday. We look good. We did look good. And for anybody out there questioning our methods, seriously, this might be the biggest segment ever where I'm just going to start dunking. <laughs> Man, we get people all the time. What the hell are you thinking? Why are you doing it that way? Don't you realize that you're supposed to take sports seriously? And the numbers are up. The numbers are way up. In fact, I've kept you abreast of everything as it's gone along. In December, we were up 300% from where we had been prior to me taking over. And this is this is no BS. This is totally serious. I know Madden all the time is talking about his ratings. He doesn't give you any specifics. We're up 300% in December. Last month, we were up 500%. And now we're on the whole up 700%. And you know why? Because we have a damn good time doing what we do. And we don't take ourselves too seriously. And we're watching sports and talking about sports in a way that's entertaining. And sometimes, maybe all the time, juvenile. And that's okay, because I think most people are like me. I think most people are like me, and not like them across the street, not like Madden, not like the guy who was here before. No, they're like me. I think you flock to us because you're like us. You're like Tom. Maybe you're kind of an idiot. Sometimes you don't do your job very well. Maybe you're like Brian. I like Brian. No, thanks, man. Maybe you're like me. And you're irrational sometimes, but most of the time you just don't care. You see, I love West Virginia sports, and I wear that on my sleeve. You all feel the same way, but I don't let things ruin my life. And I'm not going to debate with you like it is the most important thing in the world. If Tim Benz comes on the program and he's like, Crowley, your take was dumb. Okay. Okay. And you know what? That's different in this media landscape. We do things differently here. We don't do list radio. Colin Cowherd's one of the best in the business, right? No. Numbers will tell you he is. Well, no. He really is. Numbers will tell you he is, and yes, he is. Regardless of what he says, he the way he does radio. Yeah. Yes. It's terrible. He kicks ass. At least his producer's good. No, he sucks too. I... Don't love the way he does things, but he gets numbers, right? People listen. He's got a certain way about him. But even that guy is doing list radio today. That guy, who does not even work at ESPN anymore, was talking about ESPN the Magazine's 20-person list of who the most dominant athlete is. That guy, who's reached the pinnacle of what it is to be a talker in this country, is still talking about the list. What did he have to say about the list? He uh, he was pissed about LeBron James. Being number two? Yeah, being number two. Yeah, he, do you think he should have been number one? I think he was really hurt about Tom Brady. 
being so low. Yeah. Behind Peyton. Behind Peyton. That doesn't make sense. It Why doesn't make sense to me Peyton either. Manning? You know what? Because Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning didn't win. He won what? Math, math's bad with me, but he won three less championships than, than Tom Brady. Yeah, that's great. That's hey, accurate. Hey, hey, guys. Yeah. We're in a list now. Oh, my God. Oh, what are you talking about? Oh. Get sucked into the list. I didn't get sucked in. I was about to come on the air and go, you know what? Everybody in the in the entire country is talking about the same list, but not this show. And then there you guys go, right down the log flume, into the hole, and we're talking about a list. I will say this. I will say this. Their list, no Condoleezza Rice. If Condoleezza Rice isn't in your sports conversation, you're not doing it right. They don't have Phil Kessel on their list. Point being, you can have fun and not take things too seriously. I've never gotten mad about a list that way. The Evgeny Malkin thing was like, what the bleep are you talking about? But I didn't scream on the radio. In fact, I did a segment much similar to this one saying, who cares? He doesn't need the validation. Do you think Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or Sidney Crosby or Mario Lemieux need the validation of an ESPN magazine left? No, they absolutely do not. So why the hell do we have to dissect it like it's the most important thing in the world? The one thing we do better than anybody else is talk about everybody else. Nobody else is willing to do that. They don't do that on the station across the street. They don't talk about what we do. And maybe they should because we're coming for them. Yep. Right around the time when people are going to start turning off their radios because they have to listen to the pirate game, that's where we are. Talking about fun stuff. And you know what's going to happen when we start talking about fun stuff when they're putting losing Pirates baseball on the radio? People are going to stick around because they realize we do things differently here. We do things fun. We don't take things too seriously. I don't relate to the stat head. I don't relate to the guy who's breaking down X-Forp. I just don't. Is it a useful tool? Sure. But if you use it too much, you're a tool. That's why we're different. And that's why the numbers are getting better. God, I love our show. And it's a slow process because the signal sucks. But what's great about it is the numbers are coming in and the signal does suck. Imagine if we actually had a good signal here. What we could do to those guys. Oh, you put us on fair, fair ground. Like, we both have the exact same signal, the exact same power behind the tower. We're both, like, right there neck and neck. And you put our content against their content. Dude, those guys are changing their game so quick because they're trying to adapt to what we're doing because we're kicking the hell out of them. Bam! I mean, who wants to see? And here's the thing. Over there, I, I've worked for not those guys specifically, but I've worked for the company. I, I know how it comes down from the top. And and it's this, this boiled-down method of let's get it down to a simple question because the listeners aren't smart enough to go deep into topics, and we'll boil it down, and they'll call and say yes or no and get upset about our list. It's, it's ridiculous. Everybody in the country, if you want new content, you come to a show like this. Would you rather have Dan Hurley or Sean Miller? Oh, that's such a tough question. They have so many good, positive oh, qualities about each of them. I mean, Sean Miller, you know, he's been there before. He's, he's a pit guy. He's a pit guy. You see other schools hiring alums. Penny Hardaway just got hired at Memphis. And you know you what? Got Georgetown hiring Pat Ewing. Great move. You got Chris Mullen at St. Mm-hmm. John's. All three of those There's schools are going to sucked into it again. Well, please, please, Brian, please. Danny Hurley's the brother of Bobby Hurley. It's a great basketball family. Sean Quicksand. Miller. He played Sean with, Miller. Uh, that guy. Archie from Miller. Duke. Multiple Miller. Quicksand. Mm-hmm. Falling into the trap. I would take Sean Miller, I think. Just because he's a pit guy. There is the FBI probe. You know what? Maybe Danny Hurley. 
Uh, give us a call. 412. No. When you put no. the FBI into it, maybe it no. is Danny Hurley. His brother's Bobby ask, Hurley, too. You're going to ask a question like that? Give their number. 928-9370. <laughs> Tell them the Crowley Show sent you. <laughs> you got Crowley rolled. Yeah, Crowley rolled them while you're at it. 412-922-2874. We don't even need callers. No, we don't. In fact, I like the callers we do get, but we don't need much more than they that. They get the show. We got a guy who called in yesterday who was trying to tell me that that double jeopardy means you can't be tried for the same crime twice. What an idiot that guy was. I know for a fact that double jeopardy is... Not be able to be charged with multiple crimes at one time. You cut someone's head off. Well, if you're OJ, you don't go to jail. <laughs> if you cut someone's head off and then sell a bunch of coke, you're only going to get charged for the thing that was worse, which is the decapitation. That is double jeopardy. I told a joke about that yesterday. I think it was maybe the worst joke in the history of this radio show, this now highly rated radio show, where I was trying to say that Double Jeopardy, uh, it's named after a game show. Why would the United States government name something that is, I think, integral after a game show? And here's the joke that I wound up coming That is frustrating to me. You would think that the Constitution would bear these kinds of things out. The legalities in Pennsylvania shouldn't be ripping something from a game show. I mean, what's next? Are we going to have... Who wants to be a millionaire is the name of Social Security? What's next? Are we going to have... Who wants to be a millionaire is the name of Social Security? That's terrible. I mean, that is ass. Is it as bad, though... As Brian the other day, and you can weigh in on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley, making a joke about Tom's butt ding. Tom, please give us the butt ding. I think Tom was sleeping on the butt there. No, wait, no, wait, no, wait, no, wait, no, wait, no, wait, no. Whenever somebody says butt, we ding. And here's Brian's terrible joke about it. I think Tom was sleeping on the butt there. He missed it. He did. Got that one, though. I know, and I set it up so well. That was perfect. That, you know what, Tom? That was bad by you. Yeah, that was. I don't know, I'm going to wear that one. What are you doing in there? Because you missed... Full, a, you full miss- transparency? Yeah. I was posting the podcast. You missed like four butts. <laughs> That's I almost funny. missed that one right there. I, I thought Tom never missed a butt. 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 It's comedy gold right there. Both bad. <laughs> Whose is worse? At underscore Adam Crowley. Braden doesn't seem to think yours is all that bad. But it was. Oh, it's bad, Braden. <laughs> oh, it's very bad. I thought Tom never missed a butt. They're very similar in this regard, though. Mine, you can hear the gears turning. There's a gerbil running around in my head. Must have made its way up from the nether region. That's a good joke. And... <laughs> no. Yeah, sure it was. After, you're going to have to pull that one for later. And you can just hear it going in my mouth, trying to get something to come out. As for Brian, he thinks he's got a good joke that he he's, he's told. Got a jam, yep. I did, man. I, like, yeah, he yeah. goes, you know what's funny? <laughs> I thought Tom never missed a butt. <laughs> you know what's funny? 
I thought Tom never missed a butt. That's not funny. I, I thought Tom never missed like, a butt. Let me give you what's going on in my head. Like I'm like, I got it. I'm throwing this out. I'm going to kill. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, no. Like if I could reach and pull that back out of the air and it never happened, I would have. I thought Tom never missed a butt. But it's actually making me laugh now. It's getting funny. See, I, I'm like a fine wine. With age, my jokes mature. They get better. They get funnier. So so the more that joke sits and rests and you keep coming back with it, it's funnier. Mine was just bad. <laughs> What's next? Are we going to have Who Wants to Be a Millionaire is the name of Social Security? Can you please play the full version, though, Tom? Because the pauses in the full version, he had to cut them out so he could do the quick little hitter. But, oh, my God, that is frustrating to me. You would think that the Constitution would bear these kinds of things out. The legalities in Pennsylvania shouldn't be ripping something from a game show. I mean, what's next? Are we going to have... Who wants to be a millionaire is the name of Social Security? What's next? Are we going to have... Who wants to be a millionaire is the name of Social Security? I thought Tom never missed a butt. Saturday, it's the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards, and John Cena is back to host for a second time. So, get ready for stars like Zendaya, Channing Tatum, Kristen Bell, Lori Hernandez, Common, and Yara Shahidi, and a can't-miss performance of Lemon by N.E.R.D. And get ready for a look at some epic movies, Avengers Infinity War, and Smallfoot. It's all going down at the Kids' Choice Awards, live Saturday at 8, 7 central on Nickelodeon. Look, I really honestly don't think that Richard Gere did that. I don't. You just grease it a little bit. I mean, but it's like, how does it get out? The best part of me getting my chest waxed, and you heard it bumping us back there, was the caller who thought I was screaming at him, who clearly didn't get the show. That's when our ratings were only up 300% from the last host. Now they're up 700%. And if I was getting waxed, peeps would be knowing what's going down. I have a feeling that caller's on the st- on hold on the station across the street right now. I won't talk uniforms. This just in. West Virginia is still in the NCAA tournament. In the Sweet 16. Dickie V. You heard him on the show yesterday say that West Virginia's got a 40% chance of winning against Villanova. I'll take that. Better than I'm seeing anywhere else. Pitt, though. No Sweet 16. No NIT. No CBI. No ALS. Oh, now I'm just naming acronyms. They don't have a coach. And they're trying to figure out if they can get Danny Hurley. Can they get Sean Miller? Somebody else? D, all the above? Joining me now to discuss from... PittsburghSportsNow.com. He is Alan Saunders. Alan, what's going on, man? Oh, just about everything, as usual. Whoa, hopefully not everything. Sounds like you're driving there, man. You might want to pull over. Uh, Alan, what is happening? (laughs) Did I already ask that? I mean, do we have any idea of what's happening? Uh, Everything is happening. I don't know. No, I have no idea what's happening. I mean, I... 
I think I'm, it's, it's insane. I think actually what's happening has changed between when you asked me to be on the show this morning and now. I think uh, so, too. When, I also thought you were going to keep talking there. So let me ask you a real question instead of just being a D-bag over here. What's the best-case scenario for Pitt? We'll start there. Uh, Dan Hurley says, I like that offer. That $3 million sounds good. I want to coach in the ACC. And he does it really, really quickly. And Pitt has a coach that everybody likes. It's a perfect hire. And uh, Heather Light comes out of this looking pretty awesome. I would imagine that for Heather Like, that's what needs to happen. And even if they hire somebody else, I don't think she can have Sean Miller attached to her name with the aspirations that she has. If Sean Miller were to uh, get found to have been doing some shady things by the FBI, she's going to wind up going down too then, and she would no longer, I would think, be the AD at the University of Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially hitching your career to whether or not someone else is going to get arrested, or, or even not even to that level, just end up with significant NCAA sanctions that would torpedo the program. I just, I, I think that's a risk that a relatively young athletic director uh, who's at her first major conference job and has only been on it for a year, I, I just don't see that being a reasonable risk for her to be willing to take. I think maybe if it's a different person in a different position in a different program. Um, and, and Pitt has been historically very conservative uh, in regards to things like this. So I'm not even sure that she could have hired Sean Miller if she wanted to. Uh, but certainly I, I just think all that baggage there makes it a really, really tough sell uh, for an athletic director in her position. Is the $3 million figure that we're hearing for Danny Hurley – uh, something that was leaked by the Pitt Athletic Department because they want people to know that they tried? Or is that an actual number that they were able to get in order to try to bring this guy on board? Because that seems like an awful lot of money for a, a program that's going to be out $9.5 million in all likelihood. It does sound like a lot of money. And I'll be honest, I said at the beginning of this process, I didn't think Pitt would have that kind of money to work with after paying Kevin Stalling's buyout. But, I mean, it's John Rothstein, who's one of the most plugged-in guys in college basketball, who reported that figure. Uh, I don't have any reason to doubt its accuracy. And so when you start to think about where did it come from, I, I don't know if it came from Pitt, but it certainly makes Pitt look good either way. I think so. Uh, that, that they have that money, that they were willing to spend that kind of money. Uh, so I don't know if Pitt's one that leaked it. I mean, certainly – you can see the benefits from the other side, too. Maybe maybe Hurley's agent is trying to get more money out of UConn. Uh, it, it could be one of those things that works both ways, but it certainly makes Pitt come off looking pretty good in that situation. He's bound and down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can be done? Breaker one nine. It's extra greasy, so you keep it easy. Got a flock of lame ducks spread out on the granny side, going to knuckle on seventy nine. The local yokers are in the shed, getting ready to play pin the tail on the ducky. So fat that hammer down, unless you want to frown. It's the Smoker Report. You see a Miss Piggy, a Mama Bear, Papa Bear, Bear in the bushes, Bear in the air. You give us a holler, we'll get you home without the extra freight. And remember, always keep your shiny side up and your skins on the ground. Over now. What's a better job, Yukon or Pitt? You know, I think it's interesting 
because that debate was going back and forth on, on Twitter a lot yesterday, and I don't think it really matters when it comes to what uh, Dan Hurley wants, you know. But in, in general, I think you'd have to think Pitt is a better job because of the conference, the revenue that comes with the conference, and the fact that, I mean, UConn really did get screwed in this latest round of, of conference realignment. Um, you know, it, it's just not a particularly – I mean, I don't think East Carolina and the like in the American are, are, are really moving the needle for UConn basketball fans. I know Pitt fans aren't always thrilled about everything in the ACC, and I think they make some good points, but it's hard to argue that anybody ends up worse off than UConn in that whole uh, last round of moves. And so I, I think in general Pitt is the better job, but, I mean, in general people don't take the job that's always seen as the quote-unquote better job. I mean, if somebody asked me to move to Minnesota to cover the Twins, might that be a better job? Yeah, but I probably wouldn't do it. Uh, so I think, you know, in, in this specific instance, I don't, I don't think that that distinction really matters much, but I think in general it's a better job. I'll play a little devil's advocate there. I don't think that you're wrong by any stretch, and really it is just in the eye of the beholder, certainly. But I think UConn is the flagship program of that conference when they're at the peak of their possible performance. We saw that if you win in that conference, you can get seeded highly in the NCAA tournament. Cincinnati was a number two seed. Wichita State got a four seed. Houston. And then you've got the likes of Memphis, who's in that conference. Uh, you have some teams there that I think can help bolster that conference and make it feel a little bit more like the Big East does now. And if UConn were able to win that conference, I think that that could carry some clout. And I think it's easier to win there quicker and still make the NCAA tournament than it would be at the University of Pittsburgh. I certainly agree with that last point. And I don't think Pitt is a hard turnaround. I mean, you look at the, you know, from 0-19 to the fact that it's just a steeper climb in the ACC than it would be in the American. And I think Pitt has farther to go than UConn does to get to a place where, the fan base is going to be happy with the results. So, yeah, I think it's a harder job right now. But I think most of the time, I think if you ask coaches and the people that have that kind of personality, they're, not, they're never afraid of that challenge. They always think they can do it. Maybe they can't. But I think most guys in that position think, yeah, that might be hard, but I can do it. I can get that done. And then when I do, I'll have built a successful program in the ACC against really long odds. How long do you think, and Alan Saunders joining me here on the show, uh, check Alan out because he's the best. How long do you think it's going to take, uh, best case, for Pitt to get back to a, a point where they're competitive and, and really contending for the NCAA tournament again? I thought you were going to ask me how long it's going to take them to have a coach, and I was going to say, oh, I don't know, but I don't yeah, know right. an hour. <laughs> you know what? That's a, that's a tough question for me to ask. How long is it going to take for them to turn it around when we don't even know who the hell a coach is going to be? I think it's a, it's a couple of years, clearly. I mean, I don't think that there's anybody out there that's going to come in in, in year one and do anything of note, uh, even year two. It's, it's, you know, Pitt is not the kind of program that's going to get one and done. It's not the kind of program that is going to get guys that can come in and play at this level as freshmen and be all league players. And that's what it takes to win the ACC. They're going to have to get old eventually. And I think no matter who Pitt hires, even if it's not – Hurley or not, like the big name that I think Pitt fans are looking for, whoever it is, it's got to give some time to get old. I think that is the big – if you're not one of the, the, the blue bloods in the ACC, you've got to have an experienced team to compete. So no matter who it is, 
going to take him a couple of years. I think so, too. Alan, do you think that Pitt made the wrong decision by getting rid of Kevin Stallings when they did? I think it's really hard to answer that question until we know uh, what the, the final outcome is uh, as far as who coaches the team next year. I think if they get Dan Hurley, then no, I think that was great. And if they end up with one of these other, uh, you know, young mid-major type coaches that, uh, you know, look to be on the rise, I think they, at the very worst, flip the coin. Um, but there's still a possibility that exists out there that Pitt doesn't get one of those coaches, and they end up with another coach that looks a lot like Kevin Stallings while paying Kevin Stallings close to $10 million to not coach. And I think that uh, will will end up looking like a mistake. I do think that there's this misnomer out there that you have to hire a big name. And I know you want to put asses in the seats as soon as possible. I don't think a coach does that anyhow. I think that winning with whatever coach is what ultimately does that. But I think it's a misnomer that there isn't a good coach out there uh, other than those big names. Uh, Jamie Dixon was a guy that was an assistant coach when they brought him in. If they miss out on Hurley, and I know that this isn't what you said, but to all the other people out there, if they miss out on Hurley... And if the Sean Miller thing doesn't happen, which it sounds like it's not going to, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to have a good coach. Yeah, there's plenty of good coaches out there. And I think it's about finding a fit that that, that makes sense and someone that can – I don't think that a coach outside of maybe Miller or maybe Hurley, just because of the way sort of he's been positioned as – if they if Pitt gets Hurley, they'll have gotten kind of the best coach that was available – this, this cycle, but maybe outside of those two guys, yeah, I don't think anybody's going to move the needle as far as attendance, as far as getting people excited about the program again. They're going to have to win, but I think it's about finding a fit and someone that people could buy into that they're willing to give him the time it's going to take to turn the program around. I, I don't think Kevin Stallings ever had that, and I don't think that any length of time was going to give him that. So yeah. I, don't, I don't necessarily know that the outlook was any better for Kevin Stallings a year from now if he didn't get fired because he wasn't able to, to sort of get that buy-in from the fan base that this was the guy that Pitt should be building his program around. They have to find that. If they can't find that, I think they're in big trouble. That's a good point by you. The, the next guy, whomever it might be, it wasn't going to happen with Stallings, but I don't care who it is, aside from any NCAA violations, things like that, or – uh, any Haywood situations, you got to give that guy four years. I mean, right? You got to let a whole damn recruiting class go through. Yeah, I'd say at the very least three, anyway, and, and probably four. And yeah, it's going to take some patience. And that's something that uh, I think is a tough pill to swallow for a lot of Pitt fans who were pretty upset about the way things went down over the last two years and feel like that's a program that should be at a much higher level than it is right now. But it's just not one that's going to be able to be turned around all that quickly by anyone. It's it's going to take some time. Really appreciate the time, Alan. Great stuff as always, dude. Good luck out there because, my God, there's information bouncing all over the place. There's hashtag fake news. I don't know what to believe, but I know that I'll read you and that I'll get the best stuff there, man. Thanks again. Thanks, Adam. So much to get to coming up in the next segment. My hottest take of the day. Other crap. Maybe a smoky report, and I've got to give the results of my unsponsored <clears throat> Twitter poll. All on the way for the 700%
better than the last show, Crowley Show, on ESPN Pittsburgh. Hi, Tom Bodette. Ever notice how some places use fancy words just to make things more expensive? Like calling anything handmade craft or using aioli when they just mean mayonnaise. Well, at Motel 6, expensive words aren't really our thing. Our thing is clean, comfortable rooms at a great low price. So you can get a good night's sleep that leaves you feeling as fresh as that massage kale salad. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. I mean, it just came out of nowhere. It's like all red and bumpy. It's got like it's getting bigger too. Does it smell? Yeah, there's like a foul odor coming out of it. Did she notice it though? I don't think so, but I really don't. ESPN Pittsburgh traffic. 79 southbound jams between Seven Fields and Cranberry with a crash in the right lane. Parkway West inbound around I-79. Beware of a crash on the shoulder. Brendan Joseph, total traffic. So I did what any good radio host would do when we found out that Mark Madden wasn't going to be on the air today. I said, ah, listen to me. Because you don't want to listen to that other station across the street. Ah, they're playing a similar game over there. Chris Muller, he's the bald guy. He said that with Mark off the air, listen to them. Because they should be able to pull some ratings with no competition. You know why he said that? You know why he tweeted I, that? I know exactly why. Because we're up 700% in their day part, and their numbers are down. See, see they got to go backdoor with it, like, oh, there's no competition. We come right at it. That's the difference between the two shows, between the two stations, really, is you get it straight here. They're they're trying to do, like, the old kind of, like, behind-the-back thing, and like, ha-ha, got a little digging. We go straight in and nail them, hammer them just straight down. I think I think that's a dig on us, man. I would agree wholeheartedly. I think they're scared, man. They're scared. They're they're so scared. They're scared. And you know what should be real scary? It's summertime. Them AM waves, mm-hmm. they travel farther. And we're not afraid of the dead period in sports. We live in the dead period in sports. That's where we start. That's where we hit our groove. I mean, we're going to be better than we or at any other point, because we can kind of just do what we want to do. There is no topic A, and I'll be damned if I'm going to sit here every damn day and break down a pirate game that doesn't matter because they're not going to win enough games to qualify for the postseason anyway. I'll probably do a five-minute major kind of thing for the Buckos. You know, get into them a little bit. It will be tough without me actually watching the games, though. 412. Me and Tom will watch for you. 922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, The weather outside is frightful. It is awful. I woke up this morning after not having been able to sleep because my back is killing me. It's been killing me for the last couple of days. I haven't bitched much about it because I'm really tough. And I start to shovel the snow. And my God, I thought I was going to pass out right there. I've never had back pain like this in my life. And you know what? I'm sick of this weather. Second day of spring. 
More like just another day of winter. Dude, wait a minute. What? Yeah. It's awful, man. I can't even get Dude. out my door because Rally. there's so much snow. Hey, and just 24. Hey. And my, my, the heat in my house broke, so my 20, dog needed to wear a sweater. 24 hours ago. 24 hours just ago. Just yesterday on this very show. Yes. Exactly at this time, you went on a rant saying how everybody that was bitching about the weather should shut up. Basically told him to suck it up. Yeah, you did. And here you are today bitching about the weather. That's not what happened. Dude, that is so not, that is not, not what how this show rolls. There's no way that I did that because I am always honest. Dude, you did it. We, Tom, is there, can, is there any way you can quickly oh, pull geez, up tape Oh, jeez, we're going to do this again? Yeah. I, I guess. We'll, we'll give it a whirl Look, today. Look, after yesterday, you, you better not hope getting it freezes the tape, today. You better get it. Like, if you can pull that out. But yesterday, at this very segment, the hottest take of the day was anybody who is pissed off that this weather is basically a snowflake, and they should shut up and suck it up. There are too many snowflakes on the ground right now, and it's really pissing me off that I can't go on my porch and enjoy a nice cold pilsner. Wow, that's a bad time for the show right here. It is springtime outside, and yet I look out the window right now, and I can't even see the station across the street. I, I hope you can get that, Tom. Oh my gosh, if you could get... Crowley, seriously, you do not remember? You said yesterday... Should we, uh, should we refresh his memory? Because I got it. You it's got, a damn blizzard out there. I can't stand the fact Tom that it's producing. springtime here in Pittsburgh. Tom, cut his mic and, and I can't even... Cut his mic. The amount of people on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all the social platforms say that said, oh, it's the first day of spring, really? Well, it looks like the first day of winter here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I get it. But you live in Pittsburgh, you got four seasons, sometimes there's a little bit of a gray area. Shut the bleep up! But the gray that area... That was yesterday! No, the gray area's a day. Let's just, what did he tell you them can't, to do? You again? can't, you can't, shut the bleep up! You can't bitch about the first let's, day of spring. Let's turn that on, Tom, throw it at him. Shut the just bleep up! If he continues on this rant, just keep throwing it at you him. You cannot talk about the second day of spring as if it's the first day of spring. The first day of spring... It's okay if it's a little bit wintry. The Shut second the day, bleep no, up. No, the second day is spring. If it's wintry, I'm pissed. Shut the bleep up. Global warming my ass. Shut the bleep up. It's freezing cold out there. Shut the bleep up. We're not going to see the ice caps melt because nothing's going to melt. I could take a pee out there and then beat someone over the head with the damn urine. Shut the bleep up. My dog almost died today in the house because my heater broke. Shut the bleep up. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Wow. You're not even going to cop to it, even after you heard it, are you? It's a different day. Shut the bleep up. I allow things to change my opinion. Sometimes you'll get radio hosts that get so firmly entrenched in what their belief is. Oh, you know what? That they Shut can't change it. You just Shut the bleep up. I am, real. I am malleable. Okay? I hate you so much. I right take now. the information at my fingertips and I make a determination. I wish I had something. To throw at you. The second day of spring is not like the first. And if you want something to Shut throw at me, bleep up. why don't you just go outside and pick up a snowball? I wish I was somewhere else right now, me don't too, you, man. Tom? I really do, too. That was the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. <laughs> It wasn't hot. Stupid. Actually, it's back. too cold. It's a cold take. It's not, yeah. it's gosh damn cold outside. Dumb take. I would have expected that kind of thing on D bags on the other side of the street. He's bound to die.
they say can't be done. Mountain and a plain white wrapper hanging paper heading into the turtle hole on 376 Pacific Bound. So turn your bird dog up and pull back your wild hog, else you're going to be paying the disco cats the troll toll and dropping Hancocks. <laughs> it's the smoker report you see at Miss Piggy, Mama Bear, Papa Bear, Bear in the Bushes, or Bear in the Air. You give us a holler and we'll get you home without the extra freight. It is the smoker report on the Crowley Show. We've got a long way to go, and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound, just watch old bandit run. I mean, you can't do a take the next day that's completely opposite of the take you did it yesterday. It wasn't a different take. It's it was a different opposite. day. It's a different day, and a different day calls for a different take. Blake tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. I don't know why I'm yelling so loud. <laughs> Blake tweets! Blake tweets, you definitely bitched yesterday. All the snowflakes you complain about every day, and now you're doing the same. Hashtag spring hasn't sprung. Way to go, Blake. Thank you, Blake. 412-922-2874. Your last chance to get in on the show. Dave chiming in from Colorado. Hello, Dave. Hey, man, how you guys doing? Good, man, how you doing? Crowley Ada sound system went off in the house again today, man. You remember me calling you last Halloween? Yes. <laughs> it went off again, man. No timer on it, no nothing. Are you the guy who's the afraid of ghosts? Story. You're the ghost, a ghost yeah. guy, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm the I ghost remember. dude in, in Colorado. Hey, hey guys, if, if you want somewhere to go, it's going to be 70 degrees for the next four days in northern Colorado. Oh, boy. I'm going to hang up on you, Dave, unless you tell me one thing. Who are you rooting for on Friday? Dub V oh, or Villanova? Let's go, Mountaineers. Yeah. Let's go drink some beers. Goodbye, See Dave. Dave. See you later. Woo! Other crap. Some dude created his own golf course. That was 14,000 strokes long. You know that par fives? This is a par 14,000. And then the first hole of a golf course in Mongolia was going to be the hole that he needed to get it into. Can you imagine that guy? Let's say at stroke 13,999, lining up for a putt. Got about like 10 feet left. Something easily makeable. And then you miss it. Oh. Or some jackass with an air horn comes out. <laughs> Get in the hole! You, you, you should be able to, to punch that guy in the face, no questions asked. I think it would happen. be murder. Do you think that this guy took any mulligans? Do you think he hits one into a swamp and he has to fight off an alligator and he's like, you know what, F it, I'm just going to take the drop. No, that should be part of the thing. Like, if you're going to finish that ho- that hole, you've got to fight off whatever you need to. I mean, there's polar bears, whatever you need to, you should be able to fight him off. But I'd love to be that guy that just annoys him. Like, I'd like to be in, in his crowd, like, follow him around and just every time he's about to swing, get in the hole! And then 14,000 times later, he's hearing that. Like, just hackle him the whole time. So oh, that would be great. Real talk here. We do real sports analysis on this show. If you got 14,000 strokes, do you only need the putter for the last one? Like, is he pulling out the driver and a tee on every effing stroke? I, I, I would think you would need to use the driver 13,998 times mm-hmm. and then maybe have a wedge in there and mm-hmm. a putter. Yeah, I think that's fair. The end is probably just a golf course. 
It's just, it's the final. It's the first hole of a golf course. It's the, actually the 18th uh, hole on the 18th so he, green of so he, the Mongolia's first golf course. He played the entire course. No, no, no. He set up the his own course, but the finish line that. is the 18th I know hole. That. He didn't play the entire course. Okay. Woo! Other crap. The NFL's got some more verbiage for the catch rule. This is what the competition committee wants to see. One, control. Two, two feet down or another body part. Whatever that means. Three, a football move such as a third step, reaching, extending for the line to game, or the ability to perform such an act. That's where I get confused. So you're telling me that if you get two feet down and you've got control of the football, then the referee can deem that you would have been able to make a football move if you wanted to make a football move. Am I reading that correctly? It sounds it sounds like we're back in in football move hell. Like it's just this blanket thing that's going to come up and like, ah, eh, it's not a football move. Well, I look like a football move. So I mean, there's going to be a subheading, right? The heading will be a football move, and then there's a third step, reaching, extending for the line to gain, scratching your ass, uh, diving. That's ass. I mean, that's just ass. And here's the bad thing about it. The one thing they didn't want to do, and Roger Goodell was really, really on this, is that he didn't want to add to rules. They wanted to break it back down to the basics and then, like, build it up. But now they're starting with a little bit and adding a little more and a little more. They're going to be right back where they were. We won't know what the hell it catches. They were trying to get away from it being convoluted, and they're not doing a very good job of it. You said it better than me. Quite the host, man. You just take me the 13,999 strokes, and I'll put that bad boy in. Coming up tomorrow, Dickie V. We're live at Sensi's for March Mania. Love y'all. It's Yins. Ah, whatever. It's Crowley Show. And the ghost is to the car. Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out?